You're listening to Season 5, Episode Number 5 of Strike the Match. Over the past six months, John Hurst and I have been hosting live stream events discussing the topic of innovation and mission. In this podcast episode, John and I reflect over the things that we have learned and addressed during these conversations. John is a leading thinker on this topic, so it's a great pleasure to be able to have him on this episode of Strike the Match. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with teacher and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. One of the growing topics in the world of missions today is the topic of innovation in mission. Uh, it's, it's definitely not where I want it to be. It has come down the, uh, the road a good distance from where it were, was five or ten years ago. And so today's topic on Strike the Match is just that particular issue, talking about the issue of innovation in mission. And my guest today uh, on uh, the program is uh, is uh, one who I believe is a leading thought leader in this area. He has been beating this drum for several years, uh, even before many people were even thinking about the topic of innovation. And that is uh, John Hirsch. John is the Director of Program Innovation at SIL International. He lives uh, in Colorado Springs. He is the co-founder of Generous Mind, a web-based resource that uh, you need to check out. It's a think tank that was launched to help people be generous with their ideas, and they do coaching and have articles and other resources there that you can check out. Uh, He also served as the president and CEO of GMI for a few years. He is the co-author of books such as Innovation in Mission and Our Anchor in a World Adrift and is the author of the book The Calling of the Knowledge Steward, Turning Ideas into Impact. And so uh, John has been on the program, I think, in a previous uh, season. I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, John, but uh, we're glad to have you back. Welcome to Strike the Match. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a little while, but uh, I always enjoy uh, these discussions, JD. So thanks for having me. Well, I tell you what, um, I know that uh, you you find yourself now completely immersed, uh, well, heavily, maybe I should say it this way, heavily immersed in the world of, of innovation in your new role. Uh, well, it's maybe new to some listeners, uh, but in your role with SIL. Could you could you tell us a little bit about, about that role that you transitioned into and maybe a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure, sure. We've uh, lived in Colorado Springs for quite a few years now. The longest I've lived anywhere, in fact, I grew up as a missionary kid in Argentina and Venezuela, so grew up overseas, and uh, uh, grew up speaking Spanish, and then came back for college. But uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife Mindy and I, have always been involved in kind of an intersection of product development, uh, technology, and communications within ministry. And that really weird intersection, it's kind of an odd set of things, has has just led to a just a consistent engagement on fairly innovative projects. And so um, all throughout my career, God's just given me amazing opportunities to be involved in various innovations, whether uh, be focused on e-learning or scripture engagement or um, radio communications or uh, marketing communications within the nonprofit. And, and my latest role really is a kind of a, um, in many ways, I think a summation of all that experience of, uh, we, in our last transition after GMI had to close, we really felt God saying, hey, this is a time for you to focus in on that thing that you always did on the side, right? Every job you did, you had an innovation component. Now we want you to focus on that. 
And so that this job really is a kind of a culmination of that and a realization of that for us. Man, I I certainly appreciate just uh, you leading out in this direction. Uh, I I don't know if it was the first time I was. Um, made aware of you and what you were doing on this topic, but I know it was an early, a very early uh, um, experience, and that is uh, your work on the book Innovation in Mission. Um, you know, that title, I mean, to my knowledge, there was nothing out uh, when that book came out by that title addressing that topic. I think there may have only been one or two books published since that time. Could, could you give us just a little bit of a heads up on that, that resource? I know it's been out for a few years. Yeah, so it came out in 2005, and I I worked on it when I led an organization called DevTech, which was kind of an, a, a small innovation service provider where we were doing innovative projects for ministries as a company. And um, so we we're doing a lot in the area of e-learning, a lot in the area of digital content providing. And I really felt that there wasn't, like you said, there really wasn't a lot out there highlighting very practically what people were doing on mission. And I had been mentored by um, someone that, that you you know well, a Reverend Jim Reepsom, who was really one of the preeminent missions journalists of the 20th century. Uh, he had uh, taught me how to write. You know, I did a self-study when I was in college. I got three credits to uh, sit in his living room every week and learn from him, which was uh, pretty amazing. And, and out of that, um, I, I asked him, I said, Jim, would you work on a book with me? You know, kind of bring, you know, your missions experience and, and then my understanding of innovation together. Would we edit a book of case studies of people doing innovative things? And so we put together this book. And like you said, it was fairly early on in the thinking about innovation within the mission world where we identified 10 innovators and just had them simply tell their story um, to, to make innovation practical for the mission community. And um, and it's still available. It's um, it's available um, on print on demand. It's an older title, but it's with InterVarsity Press. You can go to that site or Amazon. And even though the case studies are older now, I still think it's inspiring. I think it's encouraging. And the best part of the, the book, in my mind, is at the end, Jim Reepsom does a a a kind of a broad history of the entire missions movement and how there has been innovation at every generation. And he goes all the way to Jesus and the disciples and commissioning of the church. And, and he kind of tells that grand panoramic story of innovation. And in my mind, that's the best chapter in the whole book. Yeah, you know, I, I so much appreciate you, you bringing up and drawing attention to that chapter, John, because I, I get the feeling that sometimes, and, and maybe you've, you've, you've experienced this as well, I get the feeling that sometimes that, that agency and church leaders, more so church leaders, uh, have this thought, have this idea that the topic of innovation is um, is something that's more for Apple and Amazon and McDonald's, and all that is the secular stuff, uh, and it leaves out the Holy Spirit, and there's no place for it in in the church and her mission. Uh, how would you respond to that uh, that perspective? Yeah, you know, I think at the core of that question or that issue that people struggle with. And it's a very valid issue um, for a lot of reasons, and I'll get to that in a minute. I, I think it's a core of an issue around definition. I'd like to define the, the two main words that we're talking about today um, in a hopefully a helpful way. So we start with mission. If we think of mission from Chris Wright's definition, he says, it's our committed participation as God's people, 
at God's invitation and command in God's own mission within the history of God's world for the redemption of God's creation. And I, you know, I love how he focuses again and again on the fact that this isn't about us, right? This is about what God's up to. Okay. But then the, the, the key thing that has to do then with innovation beyond what God is doing that's new, which of course is continual, is the phrase, our committed participation. So I think where we as humans struggle is going, okay, so what is our committed participation? Like, how proactive can we be and still be dependent and obedient to Christ, right? And, and there's a whole stream of thought that says, you know what? We actually shouldn't be proactive at all. We should really simply wait to hear what God says, do that thing, and the next moment wait to hear what God says and do that thing, right? Very much a responsive approach to our committed participation. Um, my sense in reading scripture and looking at, uh, especially in Colossians, where Paul talks about his, uh, his active um, pursuing of what God has called him to do, is that there's a, there's a role for us in God's mission, which is wholly his, to be creative and innovative just as God is creative and innovative. Um, and, so, and so we are not only to be responsive, um, but we are to be responsive by then being proactive. Um, now, now, this is a real struggle for some people. It comes down to a lot of theological and missiological things that people are grappling with, you know, in, in, a, in a world where we are only saved by grace, you know, do to do anything. And what does it mean to do anything in obedience? That's, I think that's at the core of this struggle. Um, and, uh, and so just working through that, but I think there's a role in our committed participation that then allows us to be innovative like an Apple or like a Google, um, but it's for God's mission. So the, the question is, what's it for? Is it for us, or is our motivation for our own benefit, or is our motivation for God's glory? Yeah, you know, when when I think think of it, and uh, I want to have you maybe to comment on some of the uh, videos that we've done just over the past several months in just a second. But you know, when I think about this issue, I'm I'm thinking about you know what what you're saying there. It's it's a spirit guided process that, as people created in the image of God. Uh, we were manifesting that innovative character of our of our heavenly Father, but obviously we're doing it within biblical parameters, biblical boundaries. It's not you know anything goes is you know is, is not the attitude. It's not not that approach, um, but it's it's being led by the Spirit. And then as a as a wise kingdom steward, saying all right, with my resources, time, talent, abilities, the things that God has given me at this moment in history, how do I make adjustments? And, and move forward or move across this, this boundary, across this hurdle. Well, you know, in Ecclesiastes uh, 7.29, it says, This only have I found. God created man upright, but they have gone in search of many schemes. And I think when we as the church look at this area of innovation and look at the world, we go, all this running around and trying new things is really feels a lot like these search for many schemes, right? And And so the question kind of to what you're saying is, is that, how do we take that um, that creative dynamic that we have in us because we are created in his image and he is the creator, and, and instead of pointing it towards the many schemes that would benefit our own um, our own our own uh, um, influence, our own pocketbook, whatever, how do we point that at the kingdom, right? 
Yeah, that we're that we're not we're not trying to develop another uh, a better iPhone. You know, we're not trying to come up with you know a better pizza. Uh, it, it, we're we're in a totally different uh, calling, and and yes, it, it is it is a kingdom matter. And I, and I, I like what you're talking about that, that Jim in that chapter wrote about in that when you do look at church history, whether whether it's the church embracing uh, satellite television technology to spread the gospel, whether we're moving from the coastlines to the interior regions, whether we're thinking about using medicine or agriculture science, the, the church throughout history or the printing press, you know, whatever, the church throughout history has innovated uh, to advance uh, the matters of the Sorry. kingdom. No, and I think one of the ways I've thought about it, and J.D., this is something we've talked about in our, in our kingdom innovation uh, webinars or conversations we've had over the last few months, is that while the world is pragmatic, meaning anything goes, as long as it accomplishes what I want to accomplish, the kingdom of God is practical. It is actually feet on the ground accomplishing God's mission. And that practical nature then requires innovation. Because nothing that we meet tomorrow looks like what we met today. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, if Jesus is building his church— and we're filled with a dynamic spirit, you know, things are going to change. I mean, I've never seen a construction site where something is being built and it never changes. So, hey, let's talk about these these video uh, conferences that we do, the webinars that we've done over the, well, at the time of this recording, we've done five. We have a, a sixth one that is about to, to um, uh, take place uh, later this month. So for those of you that are listening, so John and I, uh, about, uh, well, almost six months ago, uh, decided to do a, a monthly uh, webinar on a different topic related to uh, this issue of innovation. And uh, it's been free, and uh, and so we've had some incredible conversations, discussions with many people throughout the world. So, John, can you can you tell us a little about that, kind of what you and I have been learning, and maybe we can spend a moment chatting about uh, the past several conversations that uh, are out there on video. Absolutely. Well, um, one good important thing to, to mention is that this um, this kingdom innovation conversation really came out of what we're doing on an annual basis is we're doing an event in April on the United Nations Innovation and Creativity Week called Innovation and Mission. It's a live web event. It's got several speakers, and J.D., you were one of those speakers last year. And kind of, I think, out of that time, I think one of the things that you and I um, recognized um, was um, diving in even below, a little bit below even the idea of innovation in mission, um, there was this need to really articulate and and kind of process through what does innovation look like in God's kingdom very, very specifically. And so we kind of designed these six conversations, and they're all on kingdominnovation.info, so anyone can find them and watch them. But, um, you know, I think we designed those conversations in my mind really as an effort to um, to help Christian people, whether lay people or people in full-time ministry, whatever your role is, to say, how do I practically, in, in a very tangible day-to-day -day way, actually do innovation that is aligned with the kingdom, that isn't on a parallel track or separate from or just in case of, you know, it's, it's really in step with the kingdom. So I think, I mean, what I've learned, J.D., and, I, and I'd love to hear, you know, what, what maybe one or two of the takeaways you've had, but um, I've learned that, um, that this thing we call the kingdom of God, this idea of what God is making in the world, what, what he is creating, 
is so dynamic and diverse that it requires just amazing amounts of innovation on our part simply to be obedient to the scale and scope of what he's doing. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I've observed just in our our conversations when we have have had those those um, um, webinars with people throughout the world is that I mean we're we're talking to people that are that are all over the world. I mean, you know, we've had people to participate from you know parts of you know Asia and South America. Other, you know, just not this is not just a North American conversation. So, so there are other church leaders out there. There are other agency leaders out there that are asking questions about innovation and in, in what they're doing. And I, I think one of the things that has really stood out in my mind is that not only this is a global matter, but the issue kind of tied into that is that there's no simple solution for when it comes to leading through change, leading through innovation. It it really is important about, or it's really helpful, or excuse me, it's really important to help people understand principles, you know, biblical missiological parameters, you know, relying on the Spirit, and then how they can contextualize those to where they are, they're finding themselves serving, because uh, the, you know, the realities are just so different from, you know, someone who is in South Asia compared to someone who's in South Alabama. I think one of the other things that I've uh, really appreciated out of our conversations, JD, is, you know, going to Galatians 5, where it talks about the freedom we have in Christ. When I think about that, you know, when I think about that freedom that then produces that fruit, right? You know, we first hear about the freedom, then later on in Galatians 5, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. But that freedom that we have in the Spirit is a freedom to create, to design new, to reimagine. And so it's almost like when put into the right setting, a setting of, of obedience and a setting of submission to God, he then unleashes us to reimagine the world the way he sees it. And, and I just think that is so encouraging that God is not a repressive God or a diminutive God or a disempowering God. God is a God who, once we're in line with who he is, right, that's the first part. And once we've got his priorities right head on, all of a sudden we have all this freedom to imagine and create. Yeah. Yeah. The the artistry of the God that we serve, I believe, is often overlooked uh, by many within the church, many in, in places of leadership, and and we forget about that aspect of God's character. You know, one, one thing that, that did come to mind uh, as you were just speaking just a, a second ago, John, is— this notion that that you and I have talked about in these webinars about about the type of leadership that is needed to lead for innovation and how how you have several times brought up in those conversations the importance of the fruit of the spirit being patient being loving being gentle could you say maybe a word or two about just the the general kind of leader that it takes to to lead in such a direction because I know many of us have been exposed to you know, the Steve Jobs and to uh, some of the other leaders within corporate America uh, that have often been really heavy-handed and have seen people as, as a means to an end, but, but that's clearly not what kingdom leadership is about. Yeah, I think this is really at the crux of kingdom innovation or the broader topic of innovation and mission, because we can learn all about, like, best practices in innovation strategy from the world, right? You know, 
what's incremental innovation, what's breakthrough innovation, you know, what are things like lean model canvas and all these tools, there's a million tools, you can Google them all. That's not what makes the kingdom approach unique. I think what makes the kingdom approach most unique, um, JD, just like what you were alluding to, is how we relate to the people involved in the process. Because really, in the end, God cares about people, right? This is about people. This isn't about widgets, right? Even though we might be creating a widget in the process. And so when you are doing innovation in, in a kingdom way, when you're aligned with God, when you're obedient to his calling, um, you will be caring for his people. Now, sometimes caring means challenging, right? So caring doesn't mean being a pushover, right? I think we struggle with this, right? Sometimes when someone digs their heels in the sand and says, I'm not going to change, I'm not going to do this thing, maybe it's a moment where they need challenge. Maybe it's a moment when they're really struggling with something much deeper, and this is just a manifestation of that much deeper struggle. But that's the sensitivity that we need to have to the spirit because it's really not about the widget that we create in the end. It's about the people that are more like Christ as a result of the innovation process. Yes, yes. And as a leader, just the importance of not only knowing myself as a leader and, and where I struggle, uh, but knowing my team and knowing the, the uh, contextual realities in which my team you know, exists, our culture within our organization is, is very important to that process. Absolutely. And, and right, like you said, knowing yourself, you, you know, I think a lot of our inability to lead through change comes out of our own lack of knowledge, self-knowledge about ourselves, our own insecurities, our own lack of understanding of where we're good, where we're bad. You know, I think, I think one of the things about an innovative leader in the kingdom is, is because you're doing new stuff every day, you're going to have to apologize a lot. And, and you shouldn't look at that as a negative thing. You should say, I'm trying new things. I'm pushing out ahead. I'm trusting in God, but I'm going to mess up. I'm human. But that, hum, that humility, that humbleness of an innovative leader to say, hey, we're pushing forward. We're trying new things. And I know I'm going to mess up, and when I mess up, I'm going to admit it. I'm going to say, you know what? I messed up there. John, if people want to find out a little bit more about you, uh, what you're doing, connect with you, uh, how, how, can they, how can they find you online? What, what, how can they reach you? Yeah, I think um, one of the easiest ways is that innovationinmission.com website. On there is all my social media, uh, the blog we run. Um, I, I would also encourage you to um, um, people to check out I'm part of a um, broader secular um, innovation thought leadership platform called The Future Shapers, which is thefutureshapers.com. And you can see my articles on there. And that's really um, an, an awesome opportunity just to speak into that bigger global innovation conversation. And so I think those are the two places I'd encourage people to check out. So you mentioned innovationinmission.com. A, a few moments ago, I think you said uh, kingdominnovation.info. Is, is kingdominnovation.info where our video conversations have been happening? That's correct, yes. Yeah, so, okay. So the, if you want to watch the videos from the last six months, um, that is the place to go. And then the futureshapers.com. Uh, tell us, uh, I mentioned at the top of our episode a little bit about Generous Mind. Tell us how we can find that resource. Yeah, so um, if you go to generousmind.com, uh, you can uh, see what we're doing. Again, it's, it's more of a think tank and a way for my wife and I um, to 
challenge people to be generous with our, their ideas. It's kind of like our lifelong passion. And so we do a lot of our writing and our consulting through that. And it really is just that um, lifelong cause of ours. Uh, whatever the topic, whether it be innovation, whether it be missions, whether it be communications, you know, whatever that topic may be, to say, hey, you, part of your job as a steward in the kingdom is to not only be generous with your money, your time, and your talent, but also with your ideas. Mm. And how can we find you on Twitter? I know you're out there as well. Yep, I'm at uh, John Hurst Talks, and so you can find me there. I tweet a lot, uh, and we also have Gen the Generous Mind is also on Twitter. You can check us out there as well. And then I'm very active on LinkedIn. would love to connect with people there, trying to create a network of people involved in innovation on LinkedIn that uh, can uh, support and encourage each other as well. Fantastic. John, J-O-N, not J-O-H-N. John, H-I-R-S-T, right? Yep, that is correct. Great. Fantastic. My my guest today uh, on Strike the Match uh, has been John, J-O-N, John Hurst, Director of Program Innovation at SIL International. He is a leading uh, uh, spokesperson on the topic of innovation in nonprofits, non and innovation in mission, uh, has uh, extensive experience and research and writing. I hope you check out some of these uh, addresses that we have thrown out at you in just the past minute or two because there is a wealth of information out there on this topic. John, so thankful for you, brother. Keep up the great work, and thanks so much for being with us today on Strike the Match. Thanks so much for having me, J.D. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Penn. You can find J.D. on Instagram, Facebook, or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Penn. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite Android app or at iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.